Quick PSA for our listeners who are U.S. citizens. The 2020 election season is now upon us, and it is so important that you make your voice be heard. Please go to www.vote.org to find out all voting information you might need, and be sure to vote early. Again, that website is www.vote.org. Plan your vote and enjoy the show. Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. I'm your host, Christopher D. Littlefield, and with me today is Nicholas Paul Collinson, co-host of the Vedic Assembly, Holosuite Media's dedicated DS9 podcast. Nick, how are you today? I'm doing really well, thanks, Chris. Just mostly having a good time, hanging around at home, keeping warm because it's still winter here. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm hanging around at home a lot, too, waiting for all of my gigs to resume, hopefully very soon. Uh, You and I have not podcasted together in quite a while, right? No, not since... It was a Picard episode. It was, yeah. Feedback episode for um, an episode of Star Trek Picard with the other network. Yeah. Well, welcome to Open Channel. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is so much fun. Today, we're reading and discussing your comments on Temporal Edict, the third episode of Lower Decks. Open Channel is dedicated to facilitating the fan conversation about every single brand new Trek episode as it drops and other topics we decide to talk about along the way. To join the conversation on Facebook, type The Nexus into the search field and join Holosuite Media's listeners group. Follow us on Twitter at Open Channel Trek. I'll post an Open Channel conversation thread after every new episode. Leave your comments, questions, concerns, and theories, and they just might get right on the air. Keep in mind that comments may be edited for time. Nick, can we talk about the title of the episode first? Do you pronounce it temporal or temporal? Uh, I think I say temporal. I say temporal too, but yeah. I've heard both on screen. Right, yeah. I'm trying to think. It must be a, a, a kind of a regional accent dialect thing, but I don't know exactly where it is that people say temporal. Okay, I'm looking it up and how to pronounce temporal, temporal in in english on <laughs> online and it looks like uk is temporal oh and us is temporal uh maybe it's well i don't know i don't know <laughs> looks like it's temporal to me but i guess yeah. both could be acceptable i'll accept both sure well i'm ready to hear what our listeners had to say so nick let's do this yes and i just ripped off my shirt by the way <laughs> listeners right before i said that it was very impressive Thank you. All right, let's start off with uh, Steve Roberts says, This episode made me chuckle a little more than the previous two. I'm starting to warm up to the format of the show, but I'll see how the rest of the series goes. Nice, Steve. I'm glad that you're warming up to it. Rob Vaughn on Twitter says, Once again, knocked it out of the park. Nice callbacks on Riker. And steroids. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Okay. All right, Rob. (laughs) I like the Riker callbacks. Me too. It was really fun. Casey Pettit on Twitter says, uh, we need more Ta'ana. I know she's not a lower decker, so let's see a Tendi episode in sickbay. Yeah, I agree. I like Dr. Ta'ana. I do too. Uh, Dr. Palaskat, I think as some people have been calling her. Oh, I love it. That was something that turned up in the chat on the last episode of um, The Unready Room with um, 
Brandy and uh, Dan Gunther. Uh huh. Oh, I love it. I'm I'm a Pulaski lover, so I'm down with that. Oh yeah, I like Pulaski too. She she has a very good uh, role in one of my favorite Star Trek books, which is Enigma Tales by Una McCormick. Oh okay, nice. Stuart McIlwain says, I love the fact the location of the Peace Summit is changed from Cardassia Prime because no one wants to go there. I have to admit, Cardassia Prime isn't on my list of places to visit. Uh, you know, I'd go to Cardassia Prime and check it out. Yeah, I feel like it would be interesting. To me, it sounds like it would be similar to uh, what it's like here in Australia in the summer, which would be just hot and dry, Mm. uh, which isn't great, but, you know... I'm sure there'd be a lot of interesting culture to to experience there, and that's what I'd that's what I'd go for. Mm-hmm. Paloma Bennett says my favorite part of the temporal edict is when Mariner points out that the away team could have just beamed onto the crystal loving planet. I often thought that when watching other Star Trek series, when they take runabouts down to a planet instead of simply transporting themselves down. Mariner is my fave lower decks character. I also love that Miles O'Brien became the president of the Federation. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, yep. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was just the most important person in Starfleet. Right. Which could mean he's more he was he's more important than any of the presidents. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much single-handedly kept uh the Defiant and uh Deep Space 9 running throughout the entire Dominion War. Mhm. I love that it just showed him at the at the transporter console. <laughs> that was so funny and uh, you'll have to listen to uh, the latest episode of uh, the Vedic Assembly for more information on this. But um, yeah, with uh, watching this episode with my partner, her reaction to uh, Miles O'Brien being um, revealed as the most important person in Starfleet was absolutely priceless. I thought it was great. Yeah, because yes, next uh, episode of uh, Vedic Assembly is uh, our character analysis of Miles O'Brien. Oh, really? Yeah, so oh. that was actually just, like, really good unintended timing on our part. Yeah. I feel like Liam Smart is going to talk trash a little bit about Keiko on that episode. Am I right? Yes. Unfortunately, Liam was unwell. Uh, so oh, he, that's he right. Couldn't, he wasn't able to be live with us, uh, but he did give us uh, some notes to read on his behalf. An edict, <laughs> if you yes. will. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to listening to it. Patrick Carlin says, when Mariner said she got one of her scars on Magus 3, that name jumped out to me as very familiar. I looked it up and found out it was the same planet that Guinan got her big badass phaser rifle that she uses to break up the fight in 10 forward in Night Terrors. That was setting number one. Anyone want to see setting number two? Dr. Tiana cracks me up in every episode. Patrick, what a great catch. And I love that episode, Night Terrors. That's really cool. Good for you. Got to rewatch that one. Yeah. I'm loving that. I'm loving all of the like really good, just little references like that. It's never enough that it's like beating you over the head with it. It's just really subtle. I, and I'm okay when it's not subtle too. <laughs> I just love it. I don't care. Beat me over the head with it. Oh yeah. Every, every, every now and then. <laughs> yeah. I will happily be beaten over the head with obscure track references for 30 minutes. I'm good with it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fun too. <laughs> Janessa Kihara says, uh, Mariner plays a Gibson Flying V. Why is this significant? Fans of the Flying V have noticed it loosely resembles the Starfleet Delta. And the 2018 modern Flying V body looks lifted straight out of Trek. Jimi Hendrix played on a Flying V. 
After Mariner just shredded all over the guitar, I have now headcanoned her as a Hendrix fan. Nice. Yeah, why not? I mean, if you if you play guitar that much, I mean, I play guitar as well. Like, you're kind of doing it wrong if you're not at least respectful of Jimi Hendrix for what right. he did for uh, for guitar music. Yeah, I I I agree with you, Janessa. I'd headcanon her as a Jimi Hendrix fan too. Definitely. And I love that you knew exactly which guitar she was playing. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that the Gibson Flying V still exists in the 24th century. Mm-hmm. And speaking of music and canon, Jerry Goldsmith is officially canon now. Is Star Trek canon because we heard the TNG theme, also known as the motion picture theme. Yes! He was humming the theme in the turbo lift. Uh-huh. That was awesome. I bet that that's going to piss a couple people off. Oh, yeah. It's in, in, in the way that I love. Because it's so self-referential. Yep. <laughs> In moments like that is when is when TV shows become self-aware, totally self-aware. Yeah, I, I'm all for that. I love uh, I love a, a bit of self-awareness. Uh-huh. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to your questions and concerns. I'll start with CJ1701D on Twitter. They say this episode was just OK for me. A little too much cartoony violence and not enough character moments. What is nice is that even if I am not entirely feeling an episode, I still enjoy watching for the little callbacks like concerts in the lounge and two-handed punches. That's great, CJ. I'm glad that you can find some stuff that you still like. Is it called like the Kirk Hammerhands or something? Does it have an, an official name? I don't know. In the, in the fandom? Right, I'm not sure. PDXDJ Nomad also on Twitter, says, Enjoying the show overall, but this episode just felt too over the top. Captain Freeman needs an ensign to tell her that strict scheduling is exhausting the crew. Like, isn't it obvious with everyone running around the ship like chickens with their heads cut off? Efficiency is down. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was a little over the top, but I I liked it. I do. I mean, I'm liking the, uh, the over-the-topness of the show overall. I can definitely see where... Um, uh, where this comment is coming from, yeah, but it's 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 not to that level of over over the top for me yet. Yeah, me neither. I and I love Captain Freeman. I say it all the time. She's my favorite. Yeah, I I don't know if I've kind of evolved a favorite yet. I really like all of these characters so far. Well, Rutherford is my is my bay. I'm shipping Rutherford like Janessa is. But Captain Freeman, again, because I'm so partial to Don Lewis, and I've probably mentioned her enough, but I'm just, I'm such a fan of her. Yeah. All right. Tim Han says, Lower Decks is gradually improving as it continues after the awful first episode. Tim. I actually laughed twice with episode three after generating zero laughs with the first two. They still need to kill off Mariner, who's a truly annoying character who really gets on my wick. Okay, well. Wow. And, and read the next mm. comment because the conversation continued a little bit. Okay, so uh, Joshua DeVries uh, replies to this, What? Mariner is hysterical! To, to which Tim Hans then replies, I want some her to shove her into an airlock and jettison her, jettison her into space. She's so arrogant and annoying. Okay, that is such strong language. And I have a little bit of a problem with that, Tim. Because I feel like there are other characters that are really arrogant and annoying that are male. So, like, would you use the same words if she weren't a female? Just just asking, just putting it out there. Please respond and tell me. I, I think she's a little arrogant. But 
I think it comes out of insecurity and just like, you know, she's wanting to prove herself and she's living in the shadow of her parents, but I don't find her annoying at all. I don't want her to be jettisoned out into space. No, same. What do you think, Nick? Am I being too hard on Tim? No, um, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily want to be too hard on anyone for, uh, <laughs> for, for voicing their opinions, but, you know, I, I really like Mariner. I, I think that she maybe has a she's very confident because she's competent and in some cases that can come across as being arrogant but i think Mm -hmm. that weird it's weird to see this comment on this episode in particular because i think she actually was called out on it a bit towards the end of this one when she realized that that ransom could actually uh do what she thought he couldn't you know that he actually was uh, an effective commander in leading the team back to safety and beating up vindor Right. And and by breaking the rules. So, you know, I, I think she's getting some character growth. Yeah. Which is good. And so maybe that will kind of address some of uh, Tim's and other people's issues, issues with her. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, let's move on to your final thoughts now. Rebecca Skipper. Hi, Rebecca. On Twitter says, I loved the jokes about engineering and buffer time or doubling work factor, but hated the actions of Captain Freeman and First Officer Ransom. I think that Ransom misused his authority and is a jerk in this episode. He is not Riker. Is this an isolated event in Starfleet or a sign of things to come? Maybe I'm taking things too seriously, but I'm still concerned. Loved how Mariner called him out. Loved how Boimler's own obsession was used against him. The security character Shaq is my favorite officer. Mariner is my favorite character in the show. He tells Ransom that sometimes you have to do the wrong thing for the right reason. Love those character moments. Mariner is the best representation of Federation ideals to me. Think about how many times Picard and Kirk defied Starfleet orders when it was the right thing to do. Yeah, that's, that's very thoughtful, Rebecca. I, I mean, I don't think you're taking it too seriously. Maybe, maybe a little bit, but, but it's okay. These are things that we question because it's a brand new form of Trek, and so it's, it's a different lens through which we're looking at it. Yep. Animated comedy. Animated adult comedy. Exactly. It's still finding its feet. Mm -hmm. Joshua DeVries says, I am really loving this whole cast. Boimler and Mariner are up there with the great mismatched duos of Trek. Odo and Quark, Spock and Bones, Neelix and Tuvok. (laughs) And I loved that Mariner and Ransom's tendency towards manic violence becomes a point of attraction between the two. (laughs) I really hope they draw out that I hate you, but you're super hot thing for a while instead of having them get together too quickly, if at all. Hmm. Yeah. I sometimes I take issue with the with the trope of like characters who sort of start out hating each other and it turns into sexual tension just because uh-huh. I, I, I feel like in the real world that doesn't isn't going to make for a healthy relationship. <laughs> But considering this is a this is a cartoon show and it's fun and and the the types of characters that they both are are just suddenly sort of realizing ooh ooh that's kind of hot that's really fun and I'm here for it here I think that's hilarious I like that they both had their own moment when they did it yeah <laughs> that was cool definitely and our final comment is from Liam Smart himself he says. I am enjoying this more than I thought I would. For someone who struggles with animated content, I am doing just fine with this. Maybe it's because it is Star Trek. P.S. Hello, Daddy Ransom. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite comment of the week. Definitely 
We have another Star Trek daddy. I'm so excited <laughs> about it. Yes, he's animated, but he's still hot. And it's Jerry O'Connell, who is also hot. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Thank you, Liam. Yeah. And we have this thing where it's like, you know, we have Daddy Pike. Yeah. And, you know, we just, we just, we have to identify our Star Trek daddies <laughs> for our homosexual fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> As some reviewers like to point out on other episodes oh, of yeah. different shows. <laughs> Speaking of which, listeners, if you'd like to leave us a review, please do so. <laughs> Maybe not after this episode. <laughs> oh, well. Well, that brings us to the end of your comments for this week. Nick, what'd you think of everyone's thoughts? It was good. I think we've got a, uh, another good range of comments. A lot of people are really enjoying it. And I like that even among the people who aren't, that, you know, they're at least sticking with it. They're still watching it yeah, and finding things to like about it. And I, I really love that uh, it's a, a fun animated Star Trek comedy and it still works. It still feels like Star Trek. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'm watching it with uh, my partner who hasn't watched any kind of older Star Trek. She watched Discovery and Star Trek Picard with me. And this is hands down her favorite iteration of it. She's loving it. Oh, really? She likes this more than Discovery? Oh, she doesn't love Discovery. She likes Lorel, right? She does. She loves the character of Lorel. Right. Well, who doesn't? And and Mary Chifo, the actor. But mm-hmm. outside of that, yeah, um, this is this is overall, I think, her favorite iteration of Star Trek. I think she likes that it's a bit more self-aware of uh, the kind of things that might go wrong in amongst the Starfleet crew, that they're not all sort of they're less perfect, I guess, than than a lot of your uh, like older Star Trek characters used to be. Right. Yeah, but they're still Starfleet. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Nick, is that a kookaburra that I hear in the background? Uh it probably is. Kookaburra sits in the old gum, gum tree. tree. Mary, Mary, King of the Witches, see <laughs> love kookaburra, love kookaburra, gay. Your life must be. Thank you. Oh, yep. <laughs> learned that song uh and sang it an awful lot in uh in primary school yeah so did i really oh cool yeah well we my dad was in the air force and so we were stationed in europe for when i was in middle school really and we learned we learned that when in 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 chorus in middle school in europe mm-hmm. huh. in belgium okay interesting yeah well <laughs> thanks again for joining me today this has been a lot of fun i'm glad we got to do this again oh this has been awesome um could i read one thing that i came up with which i just feel like fits in here especially because you were taught you found out about the the idea of uh shipping in the last episode about shipping characters together okay sure uh i've got um what i'm calling the shipping forecast for star trek okay okay <clears throat> Today on the shipping forecast. Culmets, rough, turning very steady. Vokler, very rough, breaking up. Tenderford, growing, trending to steady. Maransom, violent start, but signs on the horizon growing hot. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Vokler. <laughs> <What? laughs> I thought of that for a while, because, I mean, the... The UK, the actual UK shipping forecast, you know, the weather forecast for the shipping lanes around uh, Britain and Ireland has become somewhat famous just because of its very calm British received pronunciation voice uh, as a thing to to listen to while you're falling asleep. 
you know it's there's just sections of it on like sleep apps and stuff like that <laughs> okay so it's a real thing the shipping forecast the actual shipping forecast is a real thing and i've oh my god thought why why has someone not done a a shipping forecast for fan romantic relationships of different characters oh that's awesome did you you wrote that yeah oh thanks <laughs> thank you for that and i have no idea if those uh well i what did i say because anytime people ship two characters together, they come up with a name for that ship, which is sort of a portmanteau of the two people's names. Oh, so, like Colmets so and Vokler. So I came up with Tenderford for Tendy and Rutherford. I like that one a lot. And Maransom, Mariner and Ransom. Maransom. Oh, I love it. That's great. Maybe those can become the official names. I think we should do that. I'd be surprised if they weren't. I, I can't be the first person to think of those. Yeah. I love it. Well, Hey Nick, tell our listeners where they can find you online. So you can find me, uh, first and foremost, hosting the Vedic Assembly. Vedic Assemble! Vedic Assemble! I love that. Vedic Disassemble! <laughs> so yes, I am on that podcast with Liam Smart and Brandy Jackala, and we post episodes every second Thursday. As I mentioned, our next episode uh, will be about Chief Miles O'Brien, which is going to be really fun. <laughs> the most important person in Starfleet history. Exactly. I'm really looking forward to uh, what everyone thinks of that. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, or I am at PunkZoologist. Uh, and if you are interested in uh, photos of uh, the local wildlife around my house, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, where I am at PunkRoxoologist. And uh, Chris, where else can people find you online? Well, I was going to play my pre-recorded oh, of course. <laughs> thing, so that's coming up, so I don't have to do it again. <laughs> oh, Nick, it was fun having you here. Thanks again. Thank you. This is so much fun. Come back. I certainly will. You can join the Open Channel conversation on Twitter and Facebook by following us at Open Channel Trek and by joining our listeners group on Facebook by typing the Nexus into the search field. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield. Keep an eye out for my Open Channel conversation threads on Facebook and Twitter, which I will post every Thursday right before each new Star Trek episode drops. Thanks for listening to Open Channel. Channel Open, standing by. Hello, Daddy Ransom, you're so handsome. This show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Sweet Media programs. Loading Sweet Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. During the whole lockdown around the world, Enterprise is having a surge in popularity. I don't know if you've seen it. That's what I've been hearing. It's crazy, like the Facebook groups, Twitter, everyone is talking about Enterprise, and I didn't realize so many Trek fans had never even watched it. It's nuts. People call themselves lifelong Trekkies who never watched it and are loving it now. I said to someone a week or two ago, I said, look, I'm so glad that you're finally getting around to watching it and enjoying it. But where were you guys (laughs) 15 years ago when we needed you, when the show was on the edge and then ultimately got cancelled. Loading Sweet preview program for There Are Four Questions, a Star Trek Spotlight podcast. I mean, but of course I'm hoping that in the future 
drag is a whole lot easier. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't take like two hours to get done up. Right. Because I'd be late for all my duty shifts. So <laughs> they'd be like, red alert, capture the bridge. I'd be like, uh, just a minute. <laughs> just got to tuck here. And put my wig on. Uh. Could you imagine? Yes. Yes, I could. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Starbase One, a Star Trek online podcast. I don't really think that's a good idea. I order you to do it right now. Warning, the structural integrity field has collapsed. This is Admiral Quinn. You will be assigned to Starbase One. Welcome to Starbase One. I'm Colin. I'm Admiral Aaron. I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase One is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.